You're listening to HSBC Talks Business. Learn how businesses like yours are leveraging a wide range of banking solutions to maximize their success and how HSBC is helping them. Listeners should note that this episode has been recorded remotely. Therefore, the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Inspiring Progressive Business, a podcast series for SMEs. Join us for insights from inspirational business leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts on key topics of importance to your business. Hello, and a very warm welcome to our Tomorrow Ready Virtual Event Series 2021. My name is Juliette Foster. I'm a broadcaster and journalist, and also your host for today's event, Thriving Through Change. Now, it's a big subject which is why we have a fantastic lineup of expert speakers who are going to share their valuable insights and discussions to bring life to our programme. And I'm going to introduce our speakers and afterwards they're going to give us a quick background on their roles and experience. Believe me, they have a lot to say. So I believe they're lined up and ready. Let's meet the first of them. We're joined by Nolly Waterman. She is HSBC's Global Rugby Ambassador. Nolly, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's fantastic to join you. I played rugby for England for over 15 years and during that time went to four Rugby World Cups and played in lots of different Six Nations and also had the privilege of becoming an Olympian with Team GB, which was obviously a dream come true for a young sporting girl. I've retired a few years ago now and I tend to find me talking about rugby in the commentary box, um, but I'm also doing a little bit of coaching and, as you said, very proud ambassador to working with HSBC. Okay, it's good to see you. I was feeling reasonably good about myself until you told us what it is that you did (laughs) and all the the Olympic medals, etc. So thank you so much for that. Now, look, Nolly's very sporty. Also, we're joined by Glenn Mullins. Now, he's a managing director from View Limited. Glenn, it's good to see you. You're also quite sporty as well. Is that correct? Yes. uh, Hi, Julia. Um, Yeah, I'm uh, managing director of View and have uh, been building the business for the past 20 years with my sister. But uh, yeah, in my previous uh, life and, and during my uh, professional life I've been a um, GB triathlete and uh, I was an England lacrosse player as well in my youth so this is of particular interest to me today to to hear about the crossover between business and sport as a uh, an absolute passionate uh, exercise person myself I think it's uh, the, the two things go hand in hand. Okay Glenn it's good to see you next up we have Brandon Bickler who's a partner from Elixir Hi, everyone, and thanks, Juliet. I'm Brennan Bickler, a partner in a small growing consulting firm. We're about 12 years old. We IPO'd on the AIM market last summer. I basically work with businesses of all sizes to help them drive revenue growth, foster innovation, and create business resilience. Fantastic. Well, look, it's great to see all of you. But let's kick things off now. And Brandon, you've got the first question. So look, how do you set your business up so that it's able to adapt and thrive especially given the backdrop against which we're working, because it is very challenging. Yeah, absolutely, Juliet. Well, there's a couple couple of factors that I can probably highlight. I had the opportunity to interview MDs or FDs all over the UK uh, from small and medium enterprise companies recently. And of course, what did you expect? Cash is king. It always has been and it still is. So the ability to effectively manage your cash is one of the key things from an operational standpoint. That starts with visibility, transparency of true net flow cash position. That starts with putting in discipline around your forecasting, having regular drum beats, 
monitoring working capital, all the things that businesses need to be doing um, every day. But it's very, very important, especially in a downturn. The second aspect is certainly culture. And one of the things that, that I've, I've seen in small businesses is businesses that have been able to create a true ownership culture within their business, culture where everyone in the business feels and acts like an owner. And you can do that with some structural things, with compensation structures and share ownership and that sort of a thing. But you can also do that from a more of a softer side of things. So how do you actually create a culture where it's people know what you're doing and why you're doing it, where people have predictability? Uh, if tough things happen, what are we going to do? If And what are the things that don't change in tough times? So if we hit tough times, will we stay true to our purpose, values, ethics? Those are some of the things that I see as key ingredients, staying resilient. Yeah, and, and, and Glenn, what's your take on that? In the particular climate we've had at the moment, it's um, it's been a very, very difficult moment for people who are in businesses. And for me in particular, having the COVID situation hit us as, as hard as it did and as fast as it did, having to be able to focus on, on your people, your team, the things that Brandon was talking about there, your cash, it really made you understand how important it was to understand the um, the leadership of your business. For me personally, I've... Um, you know, I've, I've built a business where you, you're involved in doing everything because we started a desk and a telephone. So we've gone from one person to 60 people, from £100,000 turnover to millions of pounds of turnover. And you don't realize that as you build that business and you, you, you're used to doing everything yourself, all of a sudden when, when, when you're in a situation like COVID, motivation and uh, inspiring your staff becomes absolutely key. And all of a sudden, the focus on doing that is critical. Because everybody needs some support, they need direction, they need help. And, and I've learned more in, in one year than I have in 20 years of running a business about uh, what leadership and what you have to focus on for running a business is really about, particularly around your people. I think it's, it's so important. You hear the phrase all the time, be on your business, not in your business as a leader. And lots of people say, I don't think a lot of people truly know what it means. And uh, this COVID situation has really focused attention to understand what uh, on your business really means. Yeah. I mean, how much of a challenge was it to adapt the business or flex it so that on the one hand, you could actually have people feeling, well, look, you know, we're all part of this. We've got to row in the same direction because it's our company too, whilst at the same time meeting the needs of your customer, because you can't let the customer know that this is hitting us. They want seamless service. It was a, a tough challenge to deal with. Obviously, technology was absolutely key. If COVID had hit even five years ago, I, I'm really not sure how businesses would have coped. Video technology has been everything. It's been able to help us connect with our staff, help connect with our customers. So that was a number one priority. Make sure that we were able to connect with our staff and make sure we were able to speak to our customers easily. And, and having good technology allowed us to, to move quickly and effectively. I would imagine some businesses maybe were slightly behind that curve and had to uh, had to catch up. Brandon's mentioned it, cash, number one priority for everybody. Um, make sure you don't run out of cash in that situation. And then for me, the focus was really trying to understand how we can operate as a business with the limited amount of resource we had with staff in the business. We were fortunate. We worked with emergency services, so we were considered a, a key worker business. We were able to operate out of our premises. But we had a, a large number of our staff working from home, and that was, a, that was a tough challenge to keep the communication lines open between staff, customer, and the messaging that was out there and understanding how we can deliver our services. Uh, we went from having a plan A and plan B to having a plan C, a plan D, a plan E, and, and just having to react every day because the, the biggest challenge of COVID was the rapid onset of it. 
there was no visibility and there was no predictability about what was going to happen. So you literally had to run a what if scenario every day and and and, and be able to react to it every day, depending on, on what news came next. I think with good planning, you were able to survive and, and we're actually going to have a record that year this year. We've, we've learned tons out of it. I think turning it into a positive situation is, is always the, the best thing to do. Absolutely. I mean, let me take some of those concepts that you mentioned there, having the plan A, B, C, D, etc., working our way through the alphabet. And, and Donnie, I want to get your response, because look, this has been a tough time for lots of businesses, but I guess that you can empathise as well, because you've had tough moments in your career. So presumably, when you've had to build up your own personal resilience, you would have taken your cue from Glenn. We need to have a plan that goes beyond A, B, C. Yeah, I suppose in a really micro way, injuries are, are similar to the effect of COVID. It's like this bang out of nowhere. You're completely taken out. You can't do what you want to do, which for me was getting out on the field. And, and you know, I was pretty unfortunate during my career. I had six major reconstruction surgeries and, and the, the, the second to last one um, was a big knee injury uh, 18 months out from the Olympic Games. And all of a sudden I was thrust into a big unknown. I was told that uh, I wouldn't be able to play rugby again. And it took me nearly five months to walk down the stairs pain-free. I wrote an email to retire. And I think what I'd learned from my previous injuries was that there was always this focus of things you can do, not the things you can't. So, you know, just like in business, it's working out, right? We, we can't go into the office, but we can try and use technology to, to keep the ship moving. But definitely with my injury, with my knee, we got to probably about plan K <laughs> with getting me back on the field. And actually the biggest shift of um, creating a much stronger resilience of getting through the, the process was addressing my mental health. I'd convinced myself that actually... I was okay and that I was very fortunate. I had a huge amount of support around me, um, but you know, I was making no progress no matter how hard I worked. And I think sometimes we always think more is more and we keep pushing and pushing. And I'm sure people on the call will, will know, you know, why is things not changing? Why we're working so hard every hour, minute of the day and we're not changing and actually stopping, breathing, reflecting on where I was and actually I, I had to be convinced to go and get some support mentally, but but talking through it and just addressing what was wrong just brought back my confidence, my enjoyment, and going from not even being able to walk down the stairs to then progressing at such a quick rate got me through. And yeah, I finally got on the plane to Rio and managed to play in the Olympics, which was great. But I think that moment of just stopping and just reflecting, I think, was really key. And like I say, the the importance of understanding your mental well-being as much as your physical well-being and also all of your professional uh, well-being is really important. Yeah, because you know something, it's, it's, it's fascinating now that we're hearing a lot of executives talking about the importance of mental health. And I would imagine that as an athlete, to be in that right space was so essential when you had these injuries, but also a last minute defeat, particularly if the judgment on the pitch goes against you. You know that it's wrong, but it's cost you the match. And how do you bounce back mentally from that? Sometimes tears, sometimes things being getting thrown across the changing room. I think it's really tough. And I played in two World Cup finals where the first one we were beaten by a better team with the Black Ferns New Zealand. The second one was at home in front of 90% England crowd. They were going absolutely mental. We were probably just as good, if not better, in certain elements. 
and the cracks appeared in our team and we lost. And how do you pick yourself up? That was 80 minutes. You've got to wait another four years before another 80 minutes to get that opportunity. And I think the biggest thing is actually understanding your why, understanding your motivation, looking at your inspirations and just not pinning everything of your success on that one moment. And yes, it's brilliant to, to have those moments, but we talk a lot of in in sport world about the journey. And I think sometimes we get so focused on that ultimate achievement that we forget to have fun and all of the successes that we have along the way. For me, it was overcoming quite a few injuries and um, to even get onto the field. And um, I know with teammates, you know, we, we weren't paid at the time. So we were balancing full-time uh, professional careers a long time, alongside full-time sporting careers. So yeah, I think my biggest learning from it all is that it doesn't define who you are as a person if you don't win sometimes. Actually, it, it defines you more if you, you get back up, brush yourself off, have a smile, look at the people around you and know that you have some wonderful friends, wonderful human beings that you know have been brought into your life, whether that's through work or whether that's through sport. And I think, yeah, I, I suppose what is the big question? What's success? And um, we get medals, businesses might get contracts. Um, but I, I'm a big believer in it also being a big smile on your face. Yeah, look, really, really simple ideas and, and concepts you've expressed, but a vigorous response from both of your fellow panellists, the way they've been nodding and <laughs> smiling wryly. Can I get your, your feedback to that, Brandon, and then bat it over to Glenn? Yeah, I, I mean, Nolly, I'd be very interested. You know, you talk a lot about you know, what it took from you personally, but I, I can only assume there are a lot of people around you helping you every step of the way. And that's something that we certainly see in business is, you know, a, a company is like a, it is a collection of, of people, just like a team is. And um, when times are tough, we all feel it from the CEO all the way down to, to someone who just started in the business. And when it feels like it's not a safe environment, whether it's an injury in a sports metaphor, or I might lose my job in a, in a, in a business context, it, it, it can be really daunting. And, you know, from a couple of things there, I mean, I think, I'd be curious to know what you experienced, Nolly and, and Glenn, but I mean, it really took what I've seen, teams that came together, leaders that inspired with, with positivity, although not false optimism. The reality of the situation, I think it's about clarity. I think it's about this is the situation. This is what it means. Like your injuries. This is what it means. This is how long it's going to take. But here's the path that's going to take. It's going to get you back onto the pitch and, and to the ultimate goal. I don't know if you experienced something like that, but I certainly experienced something like that in uh, teams that I've worked with. I think for us, um, the, the key thing for the, the whole situation was just keeping a keeping a perspective. You know, I'm lucky enough to have played sports at a high level and and, and now running my my own business. And the, the parallels are so important. As Nolly, Nolly says, it's you know really what she's saying is keep things in perspective. You know, we through COVID we put our plans together, we map things out. We were quite quick to ascertain that, look, it wasn't going to be a great year. Business wasn't going to be what we expected it to be. Uh, you know, our sales dropped off a cliff, but we had the capability to keep the business running. The reality was, was we weren't a restaurant. We weren't a nightclub. Uh, we weren't uh, a sandwich shop in the middle of London that literally was fighting for your life. And uh, so the perspective was, it's just not going to be the year we set it out to be. We're going to get through this. We'll work hard. We'll make sure we make the right decisions. If we don't, we'll change. We'll do something else. And I think perspective was everything because there was a whole bunch of people who were having a terrible situation. People losing the jobs, people losing the homes, the businesses. And I think keeping your perspective 
on things is so important all the way through a, a challenging situation. And that helps you when 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 things are good and the, and the good times come back. Perspective is everything. So uh, no, I think I think it's it's key. Oh, that's quite interesting. So again, I'd love to get the response of all of you from your own perspectives on this, because it, it does appear that, you know, in, in some ways, COVID has made some businesses a lot better precisely because they've had to focus on the things that perhaps pre-COVID never really mattered. Finding that good headspace where everybody needs to be. The importance of health, taking things from sport, the world of sport, and enveloping that in the business, incorporating it, that it's not so flaky, perhaps, as it may have seemed five or 10 years ago. These are the new fundamentals. Yeah, I mean, for me uh, personally, I think the communication piece is, is the bit that we've learned the most from this process. I, I look, look back on myself now and I, and I think, you know, for, for a long time, there was lots of things in my head and I didn't share them with people. You know, I expected people to follow and uh, and I expect people to understand what we were doing and why we were doing it. I don't think it really took time to spell it out. We've been forced to do that, and, and, and we are such a better business for it. That's given so many more people in our business the ability to go away and make their own decisions and, and do things because it's forced me to become more open and, and more vocal instead of just follow me, this is what I'm going to do. Um, you know, Explaining it and giving people space to do it themselves is, is, has been changing for us as a business and uh, and something I've it's been a great learning process for me. Glenn I couldn't agree with you more on that point. Um, I mean we obviously had a, a lot of concerns with COVID as well. We took some tough decisions right in early April. People weren't happy with the decisions. Um, we went to a weekly call with all staff <laughs> just saying this is what we said we'd do. This is what we're doing. Here's the outlook for the future. We started being transparent about, you know, what the sales forecast looked like, good, good little victories that were happening, momentum that was building. You know, we just we just went super transparent. And I think that time made all the difference. To your point on communication, we learned the same lesson in our business. Mm. And, and Dolly, yeah. from your perspective, please, please do comment. Please do follow up. Go for it. Yeah, no, I was just going to, just kind of going back a couple of points, actually, to, to you, Brandon, that I think when you're caught in pressure and, you know, I completely agree about being real with energy and real with positivity. But actually, when I performed some of my best rugby was when I was older and I was able to, to deal with the, the errors as they were coming and knowing that they were there. And actually, that didn't define what we were going to do as a team. We just adapted it, adapted, actually kind of sometimes just pretended that that was what we were meant to be doing. That was the past I space to I wanted a scrum and the ball to be going on the floor. But I think with regards, you know, the, the last comment, Glenn, I, I completely agree. And I used to run a rugby academy. And when lockdown hit, we decided that we would continue and that we would make sure that rugby would be consistent in the girls' lives. It's for under 18s that were going through a whole lot of pressure with losing their school exams and all sorts of things, very academic young ladies. And, and actually, I learned so much about myself as the leader of that programme because I had to delegate um, so much more because I didn't have the strength to deliver via technology. It wasn't something that I was good at. I had to, to, to hold my hands up and say, right, who can help with this? Who can deal with this? And we became such a better team because of it. And I learned so much about myself and the value of like delegating that responsibility, but also using communication in different ways. And, and how much do we rely on the basics of just 
being around everybody. And that shouldn't just be the case for success. We need to think about something that's a bit deeper, a bit more sustainable. Um, and you know, from a coaching perspective, I have completely taken what I learned through the, the first lockdown and will now integrate it into programs that I deliver. Right, so it's actually going to make you better at that delivery as well, precisely because of these lessons which you've taken. And the other point which emerges is that you don't lose face as a leader if you share responsibility. That's a way of bonding yourself to the team. So given that, Brandon, are there key factors that build a resilient business so that it can withstand unexpected shocks like COVID-19 or whatever that next shock may be? Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about it, but, you know, some of them are very operational. And, and you know, again, we go back to, to, to the cash point, but, but maybe one point that I'll, that I'll mention is when we looked at businesses that thrived during adversity and, and those who, who, who didn't, um, those who made quick decisions based on the indicators performed better, which is an interesting insight. It, it was far easier to build up again um, than it is to realize you haven't taken hard decisions fast enough. And, you know, it's a bit of a hard message, but one of the things we learned was that nobody regrets making fast and decisive adjustments to changing circumstances. And in a business sense, in the downturns, revenue and cash levels always fall faster uh, than expenses. So you, you need to look at that as a leading indicator versus the expense indicator, because when, when your expenses are too high and it's too late and it's too hard to cut, you're really in a, in a bind. And that, that can lead to having to let people go. Sure. So that's one of the things that I'd point out. Yeah, a key thing as well, and, and it all comes back to the leader. But I mean, how has, has the role of, of, of a leader in building a resilient business become more important because of COVID? Because it was the worst challenge that many companies faced. They're turning a corner, but it's, it's changed the way that we do things now, the way that we look at the world. Yeah, I think for sure. Uh, you know, I think I said earlier, the, I think the biggest challenge to everybody was uncertainty. and. Uh, <laughs> The only way that you can deal with uncertainty is to give people um, some some direction. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to have everybody guessing. They're going to come to the, the wrong conclusion. That that demotivates people. You know, the, the press was always very negative about the situation. And of course, you see all the really bad stories that are going on in people's lives. So I think from a, from a leader's perspective, giving clear communication as to um, to, to to your your take on it, uh, what you're doing to to, to help evolve, why you need other people to help, what they need to do to contribute, uh, and then motivating people uh, through that situation is, is, is absolutely critical. But, you know, I think one of the things I've learned is that it shouldn't have just been COVID that you need in order to be able to do that. That's your, that's your job. You know, as a, as a leader, that is your job. And, and for me, by far one of my, uh, my biggest learnings, I used to convince myself I was too busy going to see clients in London. I had to go and have a meeting and I had to do this and I had to do that. And I was too busy for anything else because I was running the business and, and doing deals, but that got taken away from me. I can't go and see people. And all of a sudden, I was, I was left with this time to, to engage with my team. And it's been such a, a powerful process for me. And I will never go back. You know, for me now, my role is, is dealing with my team, dealing with my, my people, uh, making sure we're, we're motivating, we're, we're giving people the right training. You know, I used to be a fitness trainer 22 years ago. We've been doing online fitness classes. All, all kinds of new things have spurned out of, our, <laughs> out of this situation. So it's given me a whole new lease of life that I'm, I'm really excited about for the next, the next 10 years. 
you ought to be careful because you'll be telling me that you'll be retaking your, your lacrosse career or something. So be careful about what you say there. But the thing which comes out of this, Brandon, is that there's almost a sense of drinking in the last chance saloon, drinking spring water in the last chance saloon, I might hasten to add. In other words, if you have not learned the lessons from COVID, if you don't really wake up and smell the coffee, you are going to get left so far behind because Glenn and Nolly, they're carving the way. They're showing this is how it has to be done. This is the new normal. Abandon the past. If you don't do that, well, get out now. There's no space for you at the end. Is that fair or am I being a bit too overdramatic here? No, I, I think I think you've just nailed it. I, you know, Glenn mentioned also the role of technology. I mean, one of the things that we've seen massively happen is that anyone who wasn't investing in some technology got realized how far behind they were. And some actually are not going to make it. Um, and, and others who had made some investments or got, you know, moving quickly with those investments, um, I think are, are, are getting through it. And, and that is the reality now. <laughs> that is the new normal. Yet the other thing is that there is good news here. Teams that have gone through a hard time together, whether it's sports or in business, are going to come out 10 times stronger. So I think we are going to come out of this crisis with more resilience teams. And to Glenn's point, we shouldn't forget that emotional memory that we're that we'll have from this from this crisis, and you know, Nala, you made a point that I I didn't think about until until you said it, is that there is actually a generation of young people. This is probably their first downturn uh, in their careers. They've never experienced this, and we certainly saw that in our own businesses. People thought, what what is happening? <laughs> what is this? And you know, people who had been around the block a few times said, "Yep, this happens from time to time. We're going to get through it. Here's the plan. Here's the path. Here we go." But I remember the young people in our business really struggled with that. It was new to them. The good news is they've now experienced it. We're getting through it. We're going to come out stronger. And so I do think, uh, Julia, it, it is the new normal. And I'm actually more optimistic about how we come out of this. And I'd like to follow this up with Nolly, because, look, you run your rugby academy. You've got young girls who have the love of sport, but they're also quite concerned about their certificates, their A-levels, their GCSEs, because COVID disrupted everything. You are training the leaders of tomorrow, because if they can survive this at the ages of 16 and 18, then even if the rest of life isn't a cakewalk, you've given them the tools <laughs> to be successful leaders in the future. That's a great achievement. Yeah, no, I, I love working with young people. I think the energy and the way that they see the, the world is even so different to, to me and I'm in my mid thirties. And I think what they've overcome, I think is, is massive. And I think one thing that we did show is that sport um, and physical activity can be at the heart of actually maintaining consistency, friendships um, and, and being part of something I think is really important because when we are challenged, when we are under pressure, quite often it's nature to, to pull back and to want to try and deal with it ourselves. You know, I know that when I was injured or even on the field, if I was feeling like I was, you know, wanting, I was, I was not having a good game, I'd want to try and withdraw. But, you know, the girls around me would pull me back in. And I think that that's something that I've definitely tried to reinforce with the girls, that, that they're, they're part of something that can make them stronger. But... Yeah, it's it's interesting, uh, Glenn, talking about the value of leadership. And, and actually, I've been fortunate to have some fantastic leaders and some not so good. I think, Glenn, I'd be more than happy to come and work for you. You sound like a magnificent, uh, a magnificent <laughs> leader. Um, but 
actually, you know, the, the biggest thing and actually something that I've really tried to, to work with the young girls um, on the in the academy with regards to being a leader and being part of that team is recognizing them as individuals, recognizing their individual strengths, recognizing what they bring to the environment. Because so often I've been in environments where I've got played off against somebody else and and it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense to, to put that pressure on somebody because no one is the same as anyone else. Um, and actually everybody has value and can add value to a team. And and actually it's not just about the professional person. So the rugby player or the profession in the business. Actually, it's about the person, the person underneath it. What motivates them? What inspires them? What do they have, you know, on the weekends and in the evenings that keeps them going? And understanding those bits um, and getting the girls to understand that as well and enjoying who they are as people definitely brought the best out of them as players. Well, that's fantastic. And I think that we're going to get you two together, actually, Glenn and Nolly, because, Glenn, <laughs> the question for you is, you've got a fantastic business. It's done really, really well. Is it as resilient as you think it should be? And if it isn't, are you about to recruit Nolly to the team to actually make you superpowers? <laughs> I think uh, anyone, anyone we can bring on board to help um, to help with the guys, help um, help motivate people and, and, and get people to learn from, spread experience uh, one thing i've definitely learned is everyone's got great value to add and uh, and, and we'd love to bring <laughs> to bring in uh, other people to help uh, to help jog people along for, for sure there you go nolly you'll be working with him by the end of the week <laughs> <laughs> no i was gonna say i didn't realize this was a job interview I <laughs> <laughs> in which case you have passed it with flying colors but this is the great thing about these events because we bring people together even if they hadn't planned to get together, but somehow we make it work. I'm not trying to play Cupid here, but look, it's been an absolutely fantastic discussion. Thank you so much. And we really do hope that you found the topics discussed by our speakers and the panel incredibly helpful. And that above all, you've been able to identify some top tips or strategies that you can take away with you and implement in your business to help it thrive through a period of extraordinary change. This has been a special production of our inspiring progressive business mini-series. There will be more episodes focusing on a number of different topics such as starting your dream journey, being cyber resilient and how having a purpose-led mindset could benefit your business. Please listen out for those. Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com.